Onika, hey. so excited to be chatting today, talking church. So you are here in Minnesota for yes. your first time. First time. Which is awesome. It's beautiful. It yeah. really is. Even though it's fall, yeah. it's still beautiful. Good. Yeah. Well, we just got out of the most beautiful season. We we're preparing for the most difficult season. Gotcha. So it's hard to get people to come in January or February. Yes. But you're here for our Sparkle Women's Conference. Yes, and yes, so yes. It, I'm so excited. Yeah. So it's it's a good time to It gets to crazy come. when the girls get together. Oh, It's yes. about to be crazy. Oh, yes. And and I heard your auditorium seats a lot of people, so I think it's, it's yeah, going to get it's wild. It's going to be packed. I yeah. think we've, I, we may be oversold a little bit, but it's going to be packed. It's going to be amazing. But you are a church planner yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you said coming up on 10 years. 10 years, which amazing. I cannot believe. Yes. It's gone by so fast. So why would you plan a church? <laughs> I know. I know. I still ask myself yeah. that question um, 10 years later. But long story short, my husband and I were on staff at a church in Austin for 12 years. We were executive pastors, and we went to London to a conference. While I was at the conference, he had a dream. Not kidding. And Chris Kane was Earl had a dream. Earl had a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earl had a dream. I had a dream. And in his dream, Chris Kane was in his dream and said, Earl, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And then he kind of stumbled over his words. And then to Chris Kane, he said, because she looked at him like, only Chris Kane can look at you, like, tell me more. Yeah. And he said, I'm actually called to start my own church. And so then he wakes up from the dream and he said, honey, and this is like, we're jet lagged. <laughs> and he's like, honey, I feel like we're supposed to start our own church and I'm supposed to be a pastor. And I said, I've known that since college because we met and fell in love in college. No way. And I knew it when I met him, but he did not realize that. And so he had, you had that- to get him up to speed. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's kind of how it started. But at the time, it was not the best time to have that dream because our pastors who are still our pastors to this day, we love them. They're incredible. We talk all the time. They had actually walked through a tragedy where they mm. lost their middle son. Wow. And so it was a very heavy time. And Earl was kind of, not kind of, but he was overseeing the church in their absence while they were healing and on sabbatical. And so it wasn't the time to come back from conference and go, I had this dream because they actually really needed us. Sure. So we just held on to it. And just prayed, God, if this isn't, you know how you do. God, if this oh, yeah. isn't from you, take it away. If it is from you, I trust you with it. So we were in no hurry with it. We weren't trying to like get out there and become something, do something. We wanted to be obedient, but we also wanted to be sensitive. And so fast forward, one day after an executive meeting, our pastor turned to Earl. I was homesick that day, and he said, hey, have you ever started one of his friend's um, right-hand guys had just moved to go start a church? And so then that made him go, I wonder if one of my right-hand guys would just move and start a church. And so he said, can you stay behind after this executive meeting? He stayed behind the meeting. And then the pastor looked at Earl and said, hey, have you ever thought about this? And then Earl was like, crap. Like, do I, I tell lie. him now? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Do I wait? Because I wanted to, to wait six months before I told him. But he said, I know that I just need to tell him right now. So he told him. He was super honoring. How long was that? That was from the time he had the dream. Yeah. Probably like four months. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so he was like, Pastor, this is so crazy. But I had this dream when I was in London, but I've been holding on to it because I wanted to wait six months before I talked to you about it. So it's crazy that you would ask me this. And so Pastor Rob, his name is Rob. He, at the time, he said, you know what? I love you and Onika. I want to do whatever to support and make your dreams come true. Let's pray on this together and let's just be careful mm. about the timing. Yeah. And so because we had such a tight relationship and because we weren't like the type that are like, we hate it here. We can do this better. We're going to move down the street and like yeah. take everything you taught us and like lure the whole church because we're faces it. Like we didn't, yeah. we, we're not that way. We're very honoring. And so um, a mentor in our life said, 
throughout this journey over honor and watch what God does. Sure. So through lots of prayer, lots of conversations, lots of what could this look like? Do you want to be a satellite church? Do you want to do your own thing? Through all of that, it was a two and a half year process mm. where we just basically gave our pastors our dream and we said, we won't do anything because we trust you and they trusted us until you say go. That's so we so sat cool. on it for a couple of years and didn't tell anyone. It was crazy. Well, I think what's so amazing about that is when you hear something from the Lord, like he makes it work in exactly. his timing. Exactly. You know, exactly. I'm sure you got home, and once you feel like you prayed about it and you got that confirmation, it's like, well, it's time to go. You know, exactly. And which most people do, do. They're like, okay, I'm printing the T-shirts. I'm gonna work on the logo. Like, gotta get the branding team together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like God taught you guys about that that you now see ten years into your yeah. own plant that yeah. has affected? Because I'm sure you've had people that have been on the way with sure. you that have said, we're gonna be with you forever. forever. We're gonna and grow then, old like, together. Yeah, like yeah. two months later, they're mm-hmm. gone. How is yeah. honor, loyalty, that time from leading up to the launch to where you're at now, how has right. that worked itself together yeah. in your, your I feel like lives? it was the greatest gift um, and still is to this day. I'll never forget that advice. Earl went to lunch with one of his mentors and one of his mentors said, over honor. And I feel like that's what opened the door for our church to be um, not successful, that's not the right word, but for God to just send us such amazing people from all walks of life from day one. And I feel like since we left well, and so I feel like whatever you're doing, like if you're starting your own company, it's just great to leave well. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever it is that you're exiting, it's just beautiful to do it well because I feel like God meets you in your next space. So I feel like to this day, the favor that's on our house and all that God has done in the last two years, I feel like it's because of how we planted the seed from the very beginning. And I feel like we're still seeing the result of that. Totally. Like to this day. Yeah, we say something around here. You can always leave well. No matter what the circumstances, exactly. you can always leave well with honor. Again, it may not have been the way you wanted to do exactly. it, but yep. you can leave with that. Now, thinking about you're, you're planning a church, you're leading this church with Earl, and you also have three kids. Yes. And then you say, oh, I want to travel. You're an right. author. You have a lot of things. What what makes you want to like get out there and yeah. go share this message and come to conferences? Because for some people, they see the glamour of it, but right. there's long days, there's exactly. early morning flights. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. sure, it can be fun, but it's a lot of work too. What, mm-hmm. what has inspired you to do that? Yeah, I feel like it's out of obedience. It's not something that when we started our church or started our family that I thought, you know what, the next thing that I want to do, a church has gotten going good. I just want to like go on the road and travel and speak. It hasn't been, or even write a book for that matter. It wasn't something that was a desire in my heart that then bubbled over and like now I'm living the dream. It I just came out of obedience because I felt like God just opened the doors and you just know when you know that I'm supposed to do what he's asked me to do, even if it wasn't your idea, because it, like you said, it's not glamorous. Um, it's an honor though. Like if I think about it long enough, I get emotional. It's an honor that your family would trust me to come speak to the girls of this house and bring a message to plant into their hearts. Um, I do not take it lightly at all, but I also can't say yes to everything because I have three kids yeah. and a husband and a church. <laughs> but I would say I, I do think it, of it as an honor and I do not take it lightly, but I also don't do it for the wrong reasons. I'm not trying to become something or prove anything because at the end of the day, I feel like God's going to say not how many churches did I speak at mm-hmm. or how many books did I write. He's just going to say, "Did you were you were you obedient? Did you honor your husband? Did you honor your family? Did you do what I asked you to do?" And so that's kind of my posture as I approach life. Yeah. yeah. What's something in this season now where you feel like, okay, we're 10 years in, you, yeah. you kind of have the your feet under you a little bit, yeah. whereas I'm sure the first couple of years was like, we're it's just trying to survive. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's still crazy, especially yeah. post-pandemic, yeah. What What is something that's hard right now? Yeah, I would say 
leading the post-pandemic church is very difficult right now because since we were all home for a minute, at least in Dallas, we were home a little bit. We were home for a minute. And so I feel like our people just got really comfortable and you kind of forget that you're needed. You kind of forget that your life has a purpose. Mm. You kind of forget that God has a call in your life. You kind of forget what it's like to be inconvenienced because when you're home, you can have everything delivered to you. And it's kind of like, oh, do I want to make banana bread? How many recipes of like during the pandemic? I don't know how many banana recipes I made. Banana muffins, (laughs) banana bread, um, almond flour, regular flour, wheat flour. And literally you have so much time on your hands. And so you're just, you're just about you. And so I would, I think that it did create a selfish culture. It created a lot of innovation also, and a lot of beautiful things came out of that time, but it also created us being very self-focused and inward. So I do feel like it's taken us, I guess we're two years out of it at the time of this recording. Um, I feel like I'm seeing when I look into the eyes of our congregation, they finally have their fight back and like the the sparkle in their eye again, because I think just us not being together and being apart, and it just created a selfish culture, not a culture of like, you know what? What can I do to make a difference? Because before we would have our serve team, we call our volunteers our serve team, you know, come early, stay mm-hmm. late. You'd have to have the talks of like, I feel like you're doing too much. Sure, like, yeah. you, you're here all the time. You don't have to be here all the time. That's why you have a team. But now it's like, hey, um, it's like old school planting and pioneering totally. again. So I feel like our mission now, post pandemic, as leaders, are to remind people of who they are because I feel like these last couple of years have brainwashed people and they've forgotten and been talked out of. Mm -hmm. who they are. So I feel like we spend a lot of our time reminding people who they are. How have you feel like your kids have walked through this? I mean, you think about for us, you know, I I mean, I'm 26, but for we've gone through things. um, But for a lot of kids, this is their first big thing that they've gone through. Again, combined with the war in Ukraine, there's a lot of things going on at once globally. Mm -hmm. globally, But how have you seen them and maybe even the kids in your church and how that's affected the way they see the world? Yeah, I would say I do feel like they're more aware and more cultured post-pandemic for sure, because I feel like it opened up the world and just not on your street corner anymore, Mm -hmm. but like you know what's happening in the world more because we were all forced to. But I also see um, fear and easily, that my kids I feel like are easily triggered now. If they see see something that will just trigger them that reminds them of that time when our life was not the same. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they're a little bit more fearful. And then also if um, to be all transparent, I feel like my little girl, she's seven, she's in second grade. And I feel like academically um, her teacher has said that like her kindergarten year was all online. So how do you have a five-year-old trying to watch a Zoom teacher? Um, You know, they tried their best shout out to the teachers to get creative and all the innovation. But now, you know, translate to her being in the class every day she's struggling to want to pay attention she's you know it's just hard for her because she just wants to play and so i all that to say i feel like we're still playing catch up with our kids for sure you think about the importance of those years Uh, you know you think about the same thing with even in church exactly church how important now those times are for people to get together with with other people to learn and to hear i mean exactly it's I, I don't have kids yet, but I, I couldn't imagine those. I mean, those two years, kindergarten, first grade. Exactly. It's crazy. When, as you're navigating through all these different pressures socially, you know, yeah. there's economic, there's political, mm-hmm. there's, um, there's church political. I mean, yeah, there's all, all sorts of, of things. Yeah. What, what are ways that you and Earl, you feel like, can, can get away from it. Like, yeah. obviously there's vacations and things like that, right. but is there a, something you guys do that helps quiet the noise or helps you to process through maybe all 
all the opinions in the church right, right, that right. maybe are well-intentioned, but not exactly. always uh, what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we live very filter-free, so our time in the car, when it's just the two of us and our kids aren't in the car with us, we just we let each other say whatever we need to say without any judgment, and it's just our filter-free zone. So I would say in the car, and before we go to bed, we just I'll just say something, and I'll say, I'm just going to say it. I, I just don't need you to fix it right now. I just need sure. you to listen. And I already know that God has it. I already know that He has our family. I already know that He has our church. I already know that He's the author and finisher of our faith. But right now, I just need to be human, and I just need to vent about this. So I would say just having that safe space with each other is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Of course, the things that are cliche, but definitely needed date nights make all the difference in the world. Time off together make all the difference in the world. And the more kids you have, the harder it does feel like sure. there's always a reason why you shouldn't go do something. But at the same time, I feel like if you don't, for those of you that are married that are listening with us today, that when your foundation of your marriage is jacked up, it then impacts the way you lead. Oh, yeah. It impacts the way that you're able to parent. So just having those times that we don't judge each other, we don't try to fix, we don't try to pastor each other. Um, sometimes you just need somebody to listen. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. When you look back at this 10-year journey, are there things you would have done differently? I don't I don't like the term regret because it regret yeah. implies that I would have known what I know now, maybe. Right, right, right. Yeah. But like, would you have done something differently um, if you were, were to go back? Yeah, I would say one thing that I wish that I would have done differently would be in parenting. I feel like we had heard all along don't make your kids come to church. Don't, you know, don't force them. Let it be their decision, which a lot of our mentors gave us that advice. Sure. But I feel like now in hindsight, like and our kids love God, they're amazing. Like they're leaders and my, our oldest son's about to go to college, which is crazy. Awesome. He was five or six when we first started our church. Now he's 17 wow. and just, it's crazy how fast time goes by. But I feel like I did, we did not as parents engage them in much and as in much church life as we should have. Sure. I feel like there's they're all leaders. All three of our kids are leaders and they're amazing even outside of us. Like they have such favor on their lives and they're incredible kids. But I feel like we missed an opportunity to raise them up as leaders in the church mm. because we didn't want to say because mom and dad do this, then you have to also be a le leader. So we had them someone said, just have them come to one service. Don't have them in there all day. And I feel like different seasons in your kids' life call for different approach. Mm -hmm. But I now in hindsight we I'm had like an epiphany where I was like, you know what? Let's get our kids to church more often. And don't judge me for those of you who are like, <laughs> what? Bring your kids on the journey. We did bring them on the journey, but we just didn't want to shove it down their throats. Yeah. But now we're shifting. So our two boys, one's 12, one's 17. They're on the parking lot team now. Cool. So for six weeks, um, Earl, my husband said, you know what? Y'all are going to wake up at six in the morning, mm -hmm. just like the serve team. You're going to put on the blue shirts. You're going to be out there. You're going to be smiling, waving, helping people find a place to park. And at first our boys were like, wait, what? Especially my oldest. He's like, I just go to one service. I'm like, what? Who are are you? What is happening right now? <laughs> this is not how we built the church yeah, on one yeah. service. Um, but now they're so thankful. And our oldest, we now have leading in youth. He would attend youth, but he wasn't leading sure. in youth. And so now they both realize like you are needed. There's a part that you play. Our little seven-year-old girl, she's just spoiled and just pray for us because she <laughs> does what she wants when she wants. But I would say if I had it to do all over again, I would not have been apologetic in having our kids lead with us. Yeah. Were they a part of things? Yes. But I feel like we could have brought them along the journey more instead of air quotes protecting them. No, that's that's so good. And you know, I obviously have experienced that and lived that out. And I think that there's a difference between shoving your calling down right. your kids' throats and including them in yeah. what God has asked you to do. You know, exactly. I remember growing up, my dad would tell me, he'd say, 
I'm here to be obedient to God first, yep. not always to go to your baseball practice right. or not always go to you know whatever it is that you're doing. But he said, I'm not going to miss the big games. I'm not yep. going to miss the, the recital, exactly. but I'm maybe not going to be the coach like your friend's dad is right. because I'm here building a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that re- like requirement, you know, it's people can, kids especially, they, they know your motive, they know yep. your heart. Exactly. And I think that, that the people who are... Um, who maybe are critical of the idea of including them, yep. maybe had a bad example. Exactly. Maybe it was a, a hypocritical parent. Or And again, exactly. there's, it, it doesn't mean, we were talking about this before we started the podcast, it doesn't mean that you can do a perfect job. No, yeah. But it's giving people the opportunity, especially your kids, the opportunity exactly. to step into that leadership. And so I think that's huge. And I mean, it sounds like you're already, the seven-year-old, yeah. good luck for her. I but, know, I know. Um, but my boys, 12 yeah. and 17, now they're all about it. Like we yeah. were driving home from church. Our son rode home with us because his car is in the shop. But long story, our oldest was like, we're like, how did it go in youth? And he's like, oh, it went good. Um, the service order was a little clunky. We're like, look yes. at you, knowing like service order lingo. Oh, yeah. Um, so they do look after parties and all the things. And so it's yeah, been he'll, good. He'll come home and he'll go, yeah, youth pastor went long again. I know you've yep. been talking about that. He's got to keep it shorter. That, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Or a guest exactly. speaker will come and they'll be like, huh, that was interesting how they interpreted that scripture. Because I remember when we did our study, you said it was right. And it's like, wow. It, that's exactly what's happening. That's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. What, what is exciting for you up ahead? I mean, obviously yeah. you have a 17-year-old about to go off to college. You still got a 7-year-old. Yeah. Um, but but what what is exciting for you in this yeah. next season that you're starting to see God speak? 10 years in the church. Yeah. There's new visions, new mm-hmm. things that God is speaking to you. Yes, I would say um, I feel like we're replanting and rebuilding. Sure. And so I'm excited about the future and the church of just, not just today, but the church that we're building for the future. We just bought a new building that we're in the process of renovating. That is just a miracle in and of itself. So I'm so excited about what that means for our church and for all of our locations. I'm excited for our staff team because I feel like our staff team is at a place where there's a new stretch required of them because they're all really good at what they do. They're just like all pros and all Gs. But I feel like this next season, there's a lot of unknowns. And so I'm excited. I think that it's good when you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes um, we find too much confidence in knowing and all the clarity and I need the job description. I need to know the wins and I need to know the measurables as opposed to just, we're just going to take a leap, but I don't have all the answers. And so I'm excited because I feel like we're in a season now as a church 10 years where we don't feel set in our ways. We don't want to become a big like box church that doesn't ever shift sure. or change or transition because there's something about that pioneer spirit. That's what I love church planners and new churches and like launches and all of that because you're like gritty, you're resourceful. Um, But it is funny though. I shout out to the church planners these days because 10 years ago, like we rented like a nursing home that was $50 (laughs) a month. But like now these church planners have these like killer budgets and like LED screens and recording artists and just all the things, which is amazing. And I'm so glad. I'm so happy for you that you have that. Um, But we did not, we had a guitar and it was acoustic and we just made it work and it is what it is. But I say all that to say, I do still have that pioneer spirit and so does Earl. And we're, I feel like our staff does too. And so I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for the stretch that this new building is requiring. I'm excited for the stretch that a new campus that we just adopted is requiring. Um, I feel like in the stretch, it may makes you dependent on God mm-hmm. instead of phoning it in. And I feel like we're in a season where we can't phone it in, where we really just straight up have to rely on Him. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, my parents started the church on 100000 in credit cards. <laughs> exactly. Not, not advised by right, any means. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, it's cool that we can resource the church. But it I is. do think that in those moments, wouldn't you think that 
that the moments of difficulty and challenge, those are the ones that got you the the badges, so to speak, exactly. for what God's preparing you to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like the stress and the who's going to come, because we were a part of a huge church that had thousands of people. We left it, sold our house, took our kids out of private school, and just started all over again. And knew no one in the city. Um, just every penny we had, we put into the church, and mm-hmm. we downsized from a house in the suburbs to like a sweet little small house that we rented, because Earl was like, you know, bright eyes, church planner. He was like, we don't need a house. We don't need to own anything right now. We just, we'll just find something to rent, and we'll just make it work. And now I tell all church planners. Please settle your family. Don't do what we did. We moved five times, and it was not the move. But uh, was the church in the same spot? You the, just moved five houses, or mm, okay. yes? Because he was like, "Let's not buy a house. Let's just put all. Let's just let's just cash it in and give it to the church." So pour Sounds it out, like my dad. Yeah, pour it out. So so our kids had to keep switching schools, and the church was flourishing, but our family sure. was just like going from place to place to place. So now he tells church planners. Be, make sure your kids are good yeah. and your home is good. Our kids were good. It's like first world problems having to move a lot. But at the same time, sure. we I feel like we added stress that was not necessary. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I was getting at. What was I talking about? I just literally lost my train of thought. I was talking about I mean, moving and 10 years in. Just the new season of excitement for kind oh, of yeah. relaunching. Oh, yeah. And, You're yeah. saying the hard times, like yeah. what the getting the badges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would say we still have a lot of hard times. And the early hard times in terms of wondering who's going to come, are they going to stay? Because we were a newer church. We didn't have like a cool name and like a cool, like we didn't have like a cool venue. We're in a nursing home. And so just trusting. So you started in a nursing home. We legit started in a yeah. nursing home. We rented an amphitheater that was only awesome. $50 a month. And so we had like. $50 a month? Yes. It was crazy. Yeah. That's and it, pretty great. I know. I, I know. We had favor. Yeah, yeah. We had favor there. And so we started with like 15 people. It was a Bible study. And then here we are 10 years later. But I remember wondering, will they come back? Because we didn't have like a killer children's ministry and like a place gaping. Okay, time out. I've never heard of a church starting in a nursing home. What was that like? Like... Like what? It, what is the vibe? So like, our, what's the I lobby? Know, so it the greeters. Our, it wasn't our target audience yeah. per se. Where we we're yeah. like, we we weren't like, we have a call to be a senior citizen church. We loved you the know first generational room you church. Could rent. Yes, yeah. we, we wanted a generational church, but we just started at the top, worked our way down. But it was a it was like a remodeled amphitheater that sat fifty people, and it was fifty bucks. So we're like, we're there, and we couldn't find another space. So we we grew from fifteen people to fifty in that first location. You grew to fifty people yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. and it was like um, college. To SMU college students would come combine with like come sweet little grandmas and grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, it was like a fresh nursing home yeah, meeting. Yeah. It was like renovated. Um, it wasn't what you might think of a nursing home. So, but it still was a nursing home. It was more assistant living vibes. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's yeah, like, but still, it's not, wasn't a theater like in the heart of the city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've heard, no. I've heard of a lot, but I've not heard that. I know. It's That's random. Awesome. But and now you're building a new building. Yes. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. It's a, it's a miracle story. It's, it's a miracle story. We're living a miracle. So it's wild to go back when we were in our house that we were renting. I remember, um, Earl pacing the floor, like believing God just for provision and for God to bring the people. And he'd drive around the city wondering where we're going to have a building and and just remembering the heartache and the weight. Now the weights are different. We still have weights. We still have heartache, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's like different heartache. But then the heartache was, will they come? Will they stay? Who's going to come? Why would someone come to a startup? Now the heartache is, oh my gosh, we have to raise how many millions of dollars? Yeah. And um, now that our church is like, 
multi-site and comfortable, sometimes when your church gets comfortable, it's hard to be like, let's go take ground. I mean, sure. you're passionate about it, but they're like, we're good. Yeah, why that's we- why we work so hard to get here. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, that that challenge is one that we see, at, especially with buildings too. Exactly. Like you, and then you move into the new building and yeah. then they're like, okay, now we're done, right? Exactly. And you're like, no, no, the whole point of this is to reach more people. Exactly. And it's like, oh my goodness. Exactly. And so it's trying to find those people that understand the why behind it. Exactly. Uh, have you had... Are there people in, in your world, I mean, we talked about people that say they're going to be there forever yeah. mm-hmm. that have left. Are there people in your world that you feel like have inspired you to keep going in those times where people leave or people betray yeah. you mm-hmm. or people overpromise and underdeliver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're a church planner, you're like, I needed you. I remember there was a time, I, I might be getting this story wrong, yeah. but I'm pretty sure my dad build their drummer out of jail Wow! because they needed a drummer. And he's like, yeah, I got I, I, my license was expired or whatever. And so I was driving and he, he was in jail and he's like, I need a drummer. So he literally went to Stop jail, it. bailed his drummer out of jail so that he could play. He's Ooh. like, we need a drummer. Wow, 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 <laughs> so wow. Anyways, were, were there people maybe that were more like the drummer and then maybe more that encouraged you along the way? Yeah, I would say a little bit of both. I think that the hardest part of pastoring these last couple years were people being easily offended and mm. not being as like, I call it people are more tender to the touch these last couple years. Sure. So I feel like people that were like, we got your back. We're in this in the good times and the hard times. And when the hard times came, they were like, peace. Um, yeah. It reminded us too of how easily swayed our church could be mm-hmm. um, because we thought like, we're unified. We're like taking the hill together. And then life hit. And then you just saw people... Um, so something so easy could take someone out. Sure. Like literally I would have people that would email us or text us or we would say, hey, we haven't seen you in a minute. Oh, I read such and such Instagram or Facebook post. Okay, you read a post, yeah. time out. And you read a post and like a post was enough to erase like yeah. that your marriage was restored, to erase that <laughs> this is the place that like you were there when we opened the new children's wing. Like, wait, yeah. this is the place that like you used to say, I can't get enough of this. Like yeah. put me in coach, wait. Somebody who I'm not even close to, their Instagram post took you out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, that has been earth shattering and just soul crushing. But it also has put a challenge on Earl where I feel like he's like, we have to make sure our church really understands the Bible. Mm -hmm. And because the early church, I mean, we have not seen anything compared to what the early church saw. And I feel like they were cut from a different cloth. And so it just made him think, I don't want to create a church that's just spectators. I want a church that's like in this, in the good times and in the hard times. And so all that to say, have we been hurt? Oh my gosh, yes. Have we been betrayed? A gazillion times. But we have just decided we're still going to love. We're still going to serve. We're still, you know... We, we've had situation after situation where I'm sure you understand as well, where you think something's going to go away, go a certain way, and then you're just shocked of where the situation ended up. But at the end of the day, we just decided, because we did have those conversations during the pandemic, where we thought, okay, let's go into a different, like, why are we doing this again? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's crazy. It is like, shout out to every pastor who has not quit, 
Um, you're still standing. It may not be exactly how you want it to be, but you're still in it. Mm -hmm. Like that just says a lot right there because I feel like so many people have had every reason to quit. We have so many friends that are no longer in ministry and we love them. They're doing great things. They're doing other things, but they're no longer leading churches just Mm -hmm. because, I mean, you really have, like we're talking about earlier, you have to be called. But at the end of the day, I think what keeps us going is number one, knowing we're called. Number two, staying close to the stories, like hearing the stories of our church, hearing what God is doing, seeing the lives that He's changing, that doesn't get old to us. And so that's what inspires us. Mm-hmm. Because if it's someone's Instagram post or someone, um, someone's frustrated because this sermon, we have a service order and they're like, no, it should just be free flowing. There shouldn't be. I mean, I'm like, you sure. can't, we can't please everybody. <laughs> exactly. So we're, just, we're building the church that we would want to go to sure. and leaving it at that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. As we wrap up here, what, what would you say to somebody who, you know, you, you just address the people who, hey, you kept going, you're doing this. Yeah. But there's there's the difference that you talked about from keeping alive mm-hmm. and staying involved and pioneering again. Right, and right, you right. talk about how you're pioneering again. What would you say to somebody who maybe has that idea or, you know, not everyone is it's to be a church planner. You right, know, right, some right. people it's to pioneer in the place you're at right now. Exactly. What yeah. would you say to somebody who who maybe has lost that edge of mm-hmm. that pioneering spirit, yeah. but is maybe willing to give it a try again. Yes, yes, yes. I would say do not quit. Do not grow weary in your well-doing because at the appointed time, you will reap a harvest that God has called you for your field. Like if you're in the business world or if you're in the church, He has called you. He has picked you. He has set you apart. And I feel like the hour now is such a such a time as this hour. And so I think the world is looking for people who are passionate about what they're doing, who believe in what they're doing, and who aren't going to let the waves and the highs and the lows take them out. And I feel like if fashion houses can do it, like fashion houses are resilient. Like there's so, like all the big, like Gucci, Chanel, Prada, all those Nike, I mean, Adidas, they're constantly reinventing themselves mm-hmm. and they're constantly, they're true to who they are, like a Chanel bag. They're true to who they are. This The style doesn't change that much. Yeah. Um, you could recognize a Chanel bag from like 50 years ago to a Chanel bag that was like made right now because they know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes that the church, we can learn from the world, which is crazy to say, in terms of continuing to reinvent and not to give up. There's so many things that have had comebacks that you think, how is that cool again? But somebody was in a room and was like, let's make this cool again. And so I feel like our mandate as a church is to wake up the church to realize like, let's make it cool again to like not quit. Yeah. Let's make it cool again to lay down our life. Let's make it cool again and a call to stay called to something to stay committed to something. Mm-hmm. Let's make it cool again that when you fail, when you make a mistake, when you when you disappoint your spouse, let's make it cool that you don't hide it, but that you like bring it to someone yeah. who can walk you through it. Let's yeah. make it cool again to live for God with like full abandonment to just live this irresistible life. Like I feel like the time is now to mm-hmm. number one to reinvent, to be innovative, to dream again because there's a world that's ready and hungry. There's so much depression right now. There's so much anxiety. There's so much fear that we're all seeing. And I still believe that Jesus is the hope, that He's the way, that He uses the church. I came to the church in college. I used to party, date all these guys. I didn't know my value. I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know He had a plan for me. And it was in the church that I saw healthy marriage. It was in the church that I saw healthy family. The church gave me a picture of what life was supposed to be, a new picture. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. And so I'm Mm -hmm. praying that our conversation will wake up someone who's like, I feel like I need a pioneer in some area of my life. 
And I'm praying that this talk will wake up something on them. That's so amazing. Inside I, of them. I, I know that people can hear your passion mm-hmm. if they're listening or if they're watching, they can see it. And uh, I love what you said there. Like, and, and I think the the lie that we tell ourselves is, you know, you talk about making it cool again. The lie yeah. we tell ourselves is that, oh, because it's cool, that means a lot of people are going to, uh, I'm going to have way more people. I'm going to be way more recognized. We're, right. You're not talking about making it cool for other people. No. It's making it cool for for the one who needs to that. be honored by it. Exactly. And so I love exactly. that idea that it's like, be, just because it's cool doesn't mean you, like you're going to be cool in their eyes. And not to do it to be, like that's yeah, not yeah. the prize. Yeah, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Exactly, because no. it's so not that. Yeah, yeah, but I but I love how you brought in the the fashion side of it. And even like if, if, if a Chanel bag is that important, how much more is their calling, a exactly. pioneering spirit, what God is speaking to you? Like God can revive that. Exactly. And I, I see that oozing out of you. I'm excited to hear you preach. Even though it's a women's conference, I'm going to jump in there. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be highlights and everything that people are, are watching after the fact. Because by the time they're listening to this, you'll already have killed it. And the whole auditorium will be on their feet. Uh, but excited that you're here. Honored to, that we got to sit mm. down and do this. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet everybody. 